The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On the roundtable, we say good morning to Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers. Music teacher Michelle Morrow is here, one of the People's Voice Award winners. And Bob Richardson, senior counsel at National Public Relations. Uh, Bob Richardson, I'll start with you. Um, We're talking a great deal this morning about safety on the show, and in particular, the growing fear that people seem to have about being in the downtown core. And for me, anyway, the, the uh, not game changer, but I reached my limit when an 89-year-old woman was murdered by a stranger on Friday. John Tory was on with us earlier this morning, and he makes a lot of great points that more of this is about mental health than anything else. But I'm really worried we've reached a tipping point where people just aren't even going to want to be in the core. And I know you live in it. Yeah, look, uh, I'm, I'm concerned. I think everybody is. And I think uh, the, the actions that happened to the 89-year-old uh, woman is a tipping point. Look, we need some immediate action on this one. We need greater visibility by the police in the core uh, and also on uh, TTC. Um, there's also a feeling, even if they're there, that no one's doing anything. That, you know, uh, I had a friend on a, on a, a streetcar the other, uh, the other day. Uh, there was all sorts of inappropriate activity going on. TTC inspectors got on to see if people had paid their fares. They got on, they got off. They didn't do anything with the people that were there. So those sort of kind of small crimes are being allowed to go on. Uh, and uh, J- Jerry just said it earlier on, on your show, 20%, you know, 80% of the problems coming from 20% of the people, it's time to get tough. Uh, we've been uh, too nice for too long, and we've got to get tougher with, with a core of people who are creating these sort of problems. The sooner we do that, the better. Well, and Deb Hutton, it won't come cheap. Uh, a lot of people talking about how they've been trying to change the story in New York City, but they're also spending $10 billion on homelessness and mental health. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things here. It's not just the downtown core, John. I mean, I live at Young and Lawrence and Young and Eglinton, which is just a short walk where a number of our, you know, dentists and my daughter's orthodontist are. It's not safe there either. And these random acts scare the heck out of all of us, and they should. Uh, this is going to sound a little crazy, but it was over 20 years ago that my late friend Jim Flaherty raised the specter of forcing people into care. And honest to God, 20 years later, it's time for us to think about it. And yes, it's expensive, but I don't believe most of this is a policing issue. It is a mental health issue for me. I was happy to see the federal government is using it as one of their so-called criteria for giving the the province's money. And I I won't you know, offer my opinion on whether I like the criteria or not. But the fact that mental health is one of those criteria, if you support the notion of it, is actually a good thing. Michelle Morrow, I know in the media people tend to make things grimmer because it's uh, good for business. Um, but I don't think we're engaging in some sort of performative exercise in actually expressing that more and more people don't feel safe in the city. No, I think that's a genuine feeling that people are, that people have, and I don't, I live outside of the downtown core, so I'm I'm a little bit outside of the circle. But I feel for people who do. I can't imagine how scary that must feel. And at the same time, what makes it worse is that some of these attacks are completely random. So even if we did have more police presence, would we have been able to stop them? That sounds very um, dire to say that, but I I don't know if the attack on the on the older lady would have been able to be stopped. 
Because unless someone happens to be in the right place at the right time, even having a police constable two blocks away would not have stopped it from happening. I do think we need more training in how to deal with mental health, both uh, police officers and perhaps uh, TTC constables. I think TTC constables should be trained on how to de-escalate. If we're not going to arm them, then we need to show get them confident in how to de-escalate a situation. But again, it comes down to money and the TTC doesn't have any. I know we sent out one column to you this morning about this topic, but there have been all kinds of columns in the wake of the new uh, health guidelines when it comes to booze. And even I was somewhat astonished last week when the guidelines came out and they said, well, really two drinks a week and that's about it. Uh, but Deb Hutton, I don't know why guidance like that becomes they're going to make me stop. Like, why Why is the government hating me so much? What are they doing to me? Fine. Ignore the guidelines. Knock yourself out. Literally. Yeah, but you're listening to a, a bunch of complainers, right? The anti-government types who don't like anyone telling them what to do at all. You're right. It's guidance. It's scary guidance for someone who uh, does enjoy not just uh, two drinks a week, but quite often a daily uh, drink uh, with dinner. Uh, but it, again, it's it's recommendations for how we should live, just like how many grains I should have every day, how much dairy I should or now shouldn't have. We all sort of make our own decisions we bear the brunt of that when they're bad decisions move on i i just the the hysteria over it is a little much yeah bob richardson when they came up with guidelines so that people would know grams of fat and calories in fast food again they're banning fast food no they're not they're asking you to label it uh yes and no on this one i thought this was a lazy bureaucratic exercise and quite frankly a bit idiotic um so you you know like they basically said, don't drink. Well, you know, and uh, and you'll be fine. Well, you know what? Uh, there's a risk, too, if you drive a car. So don't drive your car anymore. Uh, if you're out camping, please don't, uh, you know, uh, light a fire. And, and if you're a hunter, don't use a gun. This is the sort of mentality with this sort of study. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it... Uh, it moves people along the, the, the spectrum at all uh, towards a, a healthier life. And uh, I, I just thought it was a lazy bureaucratic exercise. All right. Last word, Michelle Morrow. I'm used to my doctor telling me everything that I have to change, but I don't change at all. <laughs> I'm with you there sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I think with a report like this, although it may have been set out with the, I don't know, the best of intentions, I feel like it's a bit of the boy who cried wolf because we're setting out this big thing saying, don't drink anything. And then people are going to ignore it. So that perhaps when there's another report that comes out later, which is uh, like groundbreaking medically, people are going to ignore it like they're ignoring this one because we're so used to these reports that we can't actually implement into our own lives. I uh, want to move to, we talked with the representative of business associations in the city of Toronto this morning, and having grown weary of the collateral damage of the Eglinton Crosstown and the St. Clair right-of-way, they're asking up front for some kind of a compensation fund. Uh, and let me come back to you, Bob Richardson. I would say, you know, if people are willing to, it's a bit like CERB and other things, other business aid that we gave during COVID, if you can establish that the construction of the Ontario line is wrecking your business, then show us in your books and there should be compensation. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with the small business guys on this and we've seen it uh, on St. Clair uh, and we've seen it now on Eglinton that this has a huge impact on business and, and we shouldn't be asking business to, uh, to pay the full price on this. So I think they should be demanding a code of conduct from Metro, uh, from Metrolinx. Uh, I think there should be regular reports that they're bound to report by on action and timing 
so people know whether you're on time or not. Uh, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of open uh, accountability for Metrolinx, certainly on the Eglinton pro uh, project. If you talk to businesses, they need, we need to do better for them this time out. Uh, on the Ontario lines. And Michelle Morrow, I appreciate when I drive along Eglinton, some of these places were probably going to go out of business anyway, but it is heartbreaking the number of empty storefronts after how many years of construction? Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate what Bob said about wanting regular reports and more transparency. But at the same time, how can we trust Metrolinx on anything? <laughs> to be honest, this is this has taken so much longer. They've still received their compensation. That's still pushing through. We're still giving them more contracts. And yet nothing seems to be changing. I feel like these businesses who could be potentially affected by the Ontario line should receive um, a grant. They should receive it upfront so that they can sustain themselves because we don't want them to have to provide paperwork that their business has gone under and then receive money that they can't restart their business. And then for some reason, if their business flourishes, then they repay it or something like that. But I feel like that money should be given to them upfront because I don't want to see this uh, this line of um, this line of businesses decimated like the people on the Eglinton line have been. This next story, Deb Hutton, I, mean, I don't know necessarily what we can say about it except, wow, uh, we talked with a woman this morning who came back from her honeymoon. Her husband's luggage didn't make it from Montreal to Toronto, but they had a chip in it, so they tracked it. Air Canada said they couldn't find it. Then it was shipped, and when they located it, it had been given to a charity. I, I just don't understand how this is even possible. Can I just digress for a second yeah. there, John? We, we use AirTags when we travel, so it's a smart thing for all of our listeners. However, I heard you talking about the Faraday bag this morning. Yeah for your keys yeah we had one and used it on both occasions when our cars were stolen so no. i hate to burst your bubble that's 13 dollars gone to nowhere well the, anyhow more importantly uh, your sense of security <laughs> is a little false however <laughs> on this i don't understand it it does it does like perplex me and it's not just one piece of luggage when they went and looked there were hundreds of pieces of luggage like if you if you are in possession of someone else's property and you give it away is that not some form of theft like i just don't understand how air canada could possibly possibly do this and not be accountable for it yeah bob richardson i understand how a spasm in the system has caused air canada to lose control of luggage uh, but then we get to the spot where they're giving it to charity that's bizarre yeah well you, you know it's the old saying they're not happy until you're not happy and i think <laughs> this is uh i think this is a good example of that this is insane uh, that they are giving away people's luggage. Surely that they should uh, have to hold it for X period of time or uh, uh, pr prior to giving away the luggage, there should be some sort of like uh, public accountability or some place where you'd be able to even see luggage like on a website or something. Anyways, it's a, the, the story is, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. And this is obviously a problem. They got to get their uh, they they got to get their hands around. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you, Michelle Morrow, Bob Richardson, Deb Hutton. I think it's fairly clear that the fix at Air Canada is once you lose control of the flow of luggage, you can be very good at you know shipping it and delivering it on a one by one basis. But then all of a sudden something goes wrong, and all this luggage is sitting there unclaimed. You got to hire new people. That's you got to hire specialists just to look after that. Catch the round table round one at 745 round two at 845 weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.